staying in North America, Alex, the, I can't say death, as it's been reported by a lot of places, it, it was, or let's just say, a very aggravated situation of um, a gentleman in Minneapolis who, his name is George Floyd, and he was arrested, taken out of his car. There seemed to be some sort of like a scuffle. Um, he was being held on the ground. The policeman had his knee on the guy's neck. The guy then was having problems breathing taken to hospital and died soon thereafter. Now, America now has been a couple of days of riots. Um, Donald Trump has put his size fours into the situation, saying that um, that once the, the looting starts, the shooting will follow her. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm paraphrasing because it, it's any responsible person shouldn't really say, maybe think it, but not say it. A friend of yours, LeBron James, he has weighed in yeah. on the death uh, LeBron James, actually, the last time that they sort of athletes have spoken out about this, the biggest NBA stars at the time, this was about five years ago when Trayvon Martin died. They all came out, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, and Carmelo Anthony, and they all said what they had to say. So obviously their takes on the situation haven't changed as much as, uh, haven't changed at all because the situation hasn't really changed either. There still have been a lot of police shootings. There have been primarily targeted against African Americans, and that's been going on for for a very long time. So, right now, this has just been the newest killing that didn't need to happen, and that sort of the policemen let it. The four policemen let it happen in the city of Minneapolis. Obviously, the people were very, very upset. There has been, you know, in Minneapolis. There, there's been videos the whole city is just on fire because there's been looting there's been a lot of just destruction of of small businesses have been hurt from that which is the reason why i don't really agree with how it's being dealt with because the people that are being hurt here are small businesses who are actually suffering right now because of the virus yeah. Right, but it's but it, but yeah, but it's not the Costco's and the and targets that, that really are there. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, they, they, as you said, this, they, it's a small shops and stores and cafes. They've been smashed up. I mean, do you right. think people will, you know, you know that this this is it responsible for him to do this, or should he maybe handle it in a different way, Alex? Right now, people just think that the policeman got off kind of easy for what they did, and I, honestly, I agree with them because. Uh, four policemen, again, they were not trained to put, you, you know, in, in the police, they don't train you to put your neck on the person to hold him down because that's, that's going to kill him. Everybody knows that. So they did that against their training and they kept and they allowed him to die with them pretty much holding him down. So the, the main topic here is that everybody thinks that, well, most people probably would agree that they should, they, they got off, they got fired, but people don't think it's enough. They should they should get the prison time that anybody else would get for doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, Iso, can you just uh, explain to me, please, just from a legal point of view, um, I see a lot of media outlets, like for example, ESPN, who are sharing the hell out of all different uh, social media posts and statements from players like former NBA player Stephen Jackson, who said that he it was friends with this man, George Floyd. They're calling it a death and not a murder. There's just been a charge, actually. While we've been on this, uh, the, one of the police officers has just actually been charged with murder. There's obviously a legal difference between manslaughter and murder, the big one being that generally a murder charge is in most circumstances what 
um, would be proffered and a manslaughter charge is the reduction. You, ne- you generally don't charge people initially with manslaughter in the vast majority of cases because they're, with manslaughter, there's, even though you're responsible, there's a diminished amount of intent to an extent. Um, but one of the officers has been charged. The difficulty is there's actually a Netflix series at the moment, which I'm going to reference, Trial by Media, which deals with a case in the 90s in New York shooting uh, of a black young man um, who was an immigrant in the US being shot by a number of police officers and 41 bullets were fired. This man dies. I remember at the, the diff- he got, from Haiti. Yeah. yeah. And the difficulty with this with the entire case was the fact that this young man was standing in the vestibule of his building. He did nothing to provoke officers. And ultimately what happened was these guys were acquitted because of the fact that the amount of media that surrounded the case, and this was pre-social media, but the amount in terms of print media, um, radio, TV, it meant that a jury pool was prejudiced in a given area, so it had to be moved. The difficulty is, while people are trying to obviously bring light to what is a horrific, horrific instant, and you may potentially, by putting the content out there, prejudice a future trial. Uh And these gentlemen should be punished to the utmost for what's happened. You just worry that they move their actions with good intentions to bring to light this in the same way as people going out to protest have good intentions but they bring out the looters. You don't want people to prejudice an eventual outcome through what are well-meaning intentions. And it just, I think it's a very positive step to see a murder charge proffered so quickly, as has just been reported on with by the news here. But at the same time, you hope that it is a charge that they are proffering, not as a reaction, as a way of quelling protest, but that they feel they can bring it to fruition. Because it could, they could charge it murder and then the charges get dropped because there's this, that and the other. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's... Okay, Hopefully um, it will bring, a, it'll bring protest levels to a more, to a less violent stage. Yeah. Because, again, all these things help. It's very rare that US police departments ever fire their, 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 their own officers. Uh, normally they would suspend them first pending any investigation. But the fact that uh, I, I, I want to correct Alex... There, that that has actually been reported as a trained procedure in uh, restraining people of potentially dangerous um, positions. Obviously, whether he was or wasn't is still up for debate. I mean, it didn't look like it or appear like it if it was a traffic violation. But um, Israeli police and American police are trained to use that technique. But obviously, a man gasping and begging for the air while doing it is going against every protocol in the book. The, the cops in, in Canada, even the Mounties, they're far more relaxed, aren't they? In my experience, yes. I've never, I've never like every single time I've like spoken to a police officer, they've always been nice and respectful. Like I've never, I've never. <laughs> okay, so on, on time I was coming back home, it was late at night. And oh, like, here we go. Something happened. Here we go. Something okay. Happened. So late at night you're coming and home. Look, okay. I, I accidentally stumbled into a crime scene, and at that point, the police officer politely asked me to leave. <laughs> okay, hold on. No, that is the worst alibi I have ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's what he's going to say when he ends up in Utah. He's yeah. going to be like, I stumbled into this crime scene. Yeah, I swear that that, that, that gun that's registered in my name is not mine, and the uh, 
the gunpowder residue on my fingers was just placed there by accident. Alex, I just want to, like, if you're in a court of law, now, Isu, and, and you are training to be a lawyer, I believe. Well, at least <laughs> you, you've been. <laughs> That's a Alex, I'm just going to say, like, so you stumbled into a crime scene and the policeman told you to leave. What was the policeman doing? And was he the perpetrator? Oh, look, I'm in a crime scene right now. We're, uh, we're, we're all in the presence of that man bun. <laughs> oh! That, that was a great distraction uh, there, Alex. Shoot, shoot him again. <laughs> no, but yeah, he was, he was very respectful. He told me to, to, he showed me that the police line wasn't, wasn't there for no reason. And Sorry, you, you didn't stumble in. You crossed through a police court. Did, by the sounds of because because I, th I thought it was like for cars only because they taped up like a few blocks. So I thought that just an unreasonable, that's an unreasonable amount of, of crime scene in the city, you know? <laughs> I, I think there's more questions to be asked, but let's move swiftly on. Andrew Flint, you, like, obviously you, you're, we're, we're seeing it here through the prism of um, Russian media, uh, the whole thing that's going on in Minneapolis, but it, it does look absolutely terrible. It does. And the, I, I think actually the point that he sort of made was, made was a, an extremely important one. Uh, I mean, I, obviously I can't speak from the, the, the depths of legal expertise on this, but um, I'm almost wondering how the law moves on from this point because the, it, you, you could easily if you try hard enough you could pretty much now always argue the influence of social media the immediacy to pretty much anywhere ge even just geographical location doesn't matter anymore with the the spread of information and the wildfire which it spread and like you sort of mentioned for well-intentioned yeah these are people who are really hurting um uh, well everybody is really hurting over this and yet um it's, you can't. You can't really. You can't really excuse it. But obviously, you can't excuse it. Look what's happened. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't know. Honestly, I really genuinely don't know what the way forward is because the influence is is undeniable of social media. I actually one common thread through well, my entire time living over here. When there's been news, important news back home, I, I, I talk to my parents a lot about about issues. And my my father's a very deep thinking person in these matters, and I say to him now the thing that scares me the most in modern day and i mean this about all matters like this i don't know what my actual opinion is because i'm fed most of it through social media nowadays that's how a lot of people get their opinions and matters like this it's it's a serious matter so how we move forward i don't know but it's, it doesn't look good no i mean like uh, i think it was only last week as so well we had a woman who was i think in central park with her dog her dog was um just a warning for you easels uh so she had her dog off i don't allege people are beating me up it was horrific yeah and i mean she's it was like, horrific yeah an african-american man has threatened me and she's phoning the police but on on strength of that she loses her job but to be fired over it i don't know because she, deser she deserves she I, I do worry though that the priest and that says is are we saying yes she was fired but what was she intending to have happened to him by the time anyone discovers she's alleged something it's too late for his career it's too late for everything like that and on a side note it'd be much more likely that myself and the vicious attack dog would be attacking other people well, that's the whole thing. I, I mean, there was also uh, an incident, um, I think it was in Drogheda or Dundalk, a girl of Nigerian heritage in any case, 
uh, came over to confront a neighbor who was videoing uh, children playing together out, outside. It was just the most insane thing where the girl who was making a complaint and claiming racism began abusing it, like was very, very stroppy, was looking for aggravation. When the other woman was trying to calm down and was that, and you know, accused her then calling her the N word when she didn't call her the N word, it was never used, but suddenly it blew up in social media and they wanted to name and shame this woman. It just, it, it just, it went so quickly so nastily and when a lot of influential people start saying there's no place for racism in Ireland when it wasn't quite that it was if you watched it there was more to it than that you know the difference I, I agree completely the difficulty is we'll label so quickly yeah what yeah. an instant is yeah I mean that, that, that's it that's exactly it isn't it once the label is, is laid it doesn't matter from that point on whether it's justified or not whether it's disproven later or not the mud is stuck the genie yeah. is out of the bottle, yeah. and you're going. How do you reverse? Andy, you 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 work in in news media, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, this is not like a, a joke aside because I was watching an interview with uh, Sky News at lunchtime today. General, or the CEO of the Russian Direct Investment Fund. Um, I think it's Kirill Dmitriev, or and the woman was kind of aggressive with her tone to start off with, and then she said straight out. Why is Russia? Why can't Russia tell the truth about the coronavirus figures? And for me, it's like this guy doesn't answer for this. But this was the kind of the tone being taken. And is this is this kind of a norm now in in news media that that there's a side being led and being driven by a host, for example, or by a a news organisation? I, I, I think every news organization has its backers financially. Um, it also has, you know, the people that set it up, what it's been, its target audience, effectively. Now that social media and so many different aspects of analytics that go behind it drive media forward, and especially with social media, you can study so many different aspects of what people click on, what people watch. Um, this is a massive factor in what different types of media churn out and they're trying to be a little bit different a little bit more edgy a little bit more crass or you've got the likes of Piers Morgan you've got the likes of Sky News BBC that are a bit more straight line a little bit more play by bat in terms of their coverage and what they're doing you will always have an angle a drive to, to the stories that you do some are much better at doing it because of the journalists that they have and the experience that they have um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's always an aspect in the tone to media that people don't always think about while they're watching it. Uh, certainly currently you can see different, different things being shed to light, whether there's a focus on Trump, whether there's a focus on coronavirus, whether there's a focus on something else. Uh, you can see how quickly these things change. And you can also see, uh, I mean, if, even if you roll back the BBC over the last, let's say, half a century, quite often the studios reflect the, the party that's in power. So the lights that would be on the studio during a time of a Tory government would be blue during a Labour party that would be red. So these little things people, the public, don't really pick up on, but there's always an element to media that is, is driven either by the people that fund it or, or, or by certain things that are happening at that time. Yeah, I think Laura, Laura Kunzberg, she used to work with Dominic Cummings. Yeah, well, there's, who, there's, there's who a lot. Who made there's his debut at the Australian Rugby today. <laughs> yeah, she did. He did. He's been travelling down to the Australian rugby in the crowd, wearing the same wearing the same hat on his trip up to Durham, I think, as well. Oh God! Okay. Look, the temperatures are very similar. <laughs> we'll move quickly on, right? 
so Alex, we'll start with you. Um, Mike Tyson a couple of weeks ago, we, we mentioned about it where he, on his birthday, like 15 seconds of punching and then had to lie in bed for a week. He turned up last night at All Elite Wrestling. He did, he did. He started a fight with Chris Jericho. What the he hell did, is that? Sir. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he he also tore his shirt off like in spectacular fashion against Chris, and and it looked real. Like it wasn't one of those Hulk Hogan shirts that you could just. <laughs> you know. That's the only way to rip off a shirt. Oh, I'm not interested anymore. I can't even. I, I I don't know why I'm going to say this, but like my love of Mike Tyson is seconded only by my brother was a big WWE fan, and I love Chris Jericho. <laughs> so this is. <laughs> When I say that I am all in for this fight, I am there, front row, <laughs> popcorn. Oh, I don't, I don't Possibly throwing Chris a few Jericho dollar bills, want. but that's a separate issue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if Chris Jericho would want any of that. No, I mean... <laughs> he, used, he used to go by the name Y2J. It was around the time of Y2K. I, I, I was going to say, I thought that was an orange juice. No, no. <laughs> My sporting <laughs> knowledge extends to all sorts of special... <laughs> well, would it be a decent fight between uh, Tyson and Jericho? Because we saw that what you got, you know, uh, the Gronk came in and helped to boost the career of, of, a, of a wrestler. Maybe Tyson would be what this all elite wrestling needs. If it's a wrestling match, then sure. But if it's a if it's a real fight, then that would turn out horribly for Chris Jericho. And I would not <laughs> recommend. I would not recommend anybody put that on. No. Against, against, because Chris Jericho, he's had zero real fights against Mike Tyson, who's like, his <laughs> name's Steve for himself. Like, come on. Absolutely not. It is that we Tyson have... is mostly stoned now, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this All Elite Wrestling, which, of course, we, we discussed it in terms of it's, um, because it's owned by the Jacksonville Jaguars owner, and, of course, the Fulham FC owner, Shahid Khan. It only started last year, but they they're really pushing it on and want to make it big. Alex, if you could if you could, you know, watch any one wrestling match, who would it be between? Well yeah, I would have to bring back somebody from back in the day. So I'd like to see probably Brock Lesnar against <laughs> Actually, you know what? No, the big show against Andre the Giant. I listen, if I I would almost go Undertaker Andre the Giant, but the big show is yeah. Yeah, that, that's 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 fair. Um, and Andrew, who would you go for? My my grounding in wrestling comes very specifically from 1992. Um, I would go for I'd bring back Bret the Hitman Hart against Ted DiBiase just to see who could be the flashiest git on the ring. Um, personally, Ooh. I think it's a no-brainer. Bret would win every day, all day long. Um, but I, I just I mean, the, the big show would be just. Would be epic, of course, and you, you could go for the more blockbuster names like the Undertaker or Hulk Hogan. But it's the it's the flashy ones who you don't, you're not exactly sure who's more motivated. I think I think Brett would win that one. I, I they make it a triple threat with uh, Ric Flair. Oh yeah. Oh, oh no, there we go. Yes. Actually, like it. make it make it a four way battle royal with the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, tables match for that matter. <laughs> I'm going yes. Tables, no tables. Uh, what's it? A TLC tables, yeah. ladders, uh, and chairs. Tables, ladders, oh, and yeah. chairs. <laughs> I'm br- I'm bringing all Extreme my good knowledge rules, right now. Balls count anywhere. <laughs> uh, First man to say quit. Oh, Andrew, uh, asking you for some. Uh, Andy, asking you for some sense. Uh, well, I guess kind of the big ones have all been named there, but maybe an Ultimate Warrior versus Stone Cold. Yeah. Maybe a 
no 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 holes barred, no rules, cage match, something like that. Just to oh, spice nice. it up a little bit. <laughs> a loser has to fight an alligator. Yeah. <laughs> something like that, yeah. <laughs> Firstborn child outside the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I... Well, the, the alligator rules are real in Japan. <laughs> the, that did happen once, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the alligator rules. Jesus Christ. Easel, who would, who would you want for your ultimate fight? Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho. (laughs) 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 All right. Only I'm I'm taking it to a different place. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if it wasn't from the the, the, the fandom side, from just a pure, like, spectacle that would get a good pay-per-view number. I would like to see Kane fight against The Undertaker. Because aren't they meant to be brothers? brothers? Yeah. Yeah. I think that could work. That's what Tim t- actually. Because they had a falling out midway through at some stage. Yeah. There's this one thing just involving The Undertaker that I just could not mention that 10 years ago at UFC 121 with Brock Lesnar was fighting Kane Velasquez, I believe. And right after Brock Lesnar left the cage, Undertaker was giving an interview to Ariel Hilwani, who's one of the MMA journalists there at UFC. And as Brock Lesnar walked by, The Undertaker just kind of looked at him and he said, Do you want to do it? And then they just kind of went, went their separate paths. So for 10 years, the MMA community has been questioning what this, what this whole thing has been about. And The Undertaker actually said that Vince McMahon told him to, he's been sent there to sort of start something up against Brock Lesnar, start a fight. But Vince McMahon didn't agree with Dana White that this is going to happen. So Brock Lesnar didn't know that what was happening here. Wow. Yeah, so that's kind of been... That that aged for for that became like one of the biggest mysteries. In the it is all made up though, right? Yeah, it's the wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it's not really that much of a mystery. Surely somebody's scripted it like the next month of Coronation Street. It is. It's scripted. Um, Vince McMahon apparently he he has everything from top to bottom. He controls everything from music. To everything, every little last detail he controls. Apparently, um, at the same time, though, I do think that wrestling, the athletes are amazing. They are, they are terrific. What they can do, what they put their bodies through, it's unbelievable. Um, for my ultimate fight, I would go for a tag team match. I'd go for the Bushwhackers. I'd like them to take on. I don't know who. I, I see. I don't know who they could fight that they could actually beat because they'd probably just get tricked and beaten but I'd love them to take on the Hart Foundation of course Ooh. Bret Hart and uh, Jim DeAnvil Neidhart I'd like th- they did fight oh uh, D-Generation the- X D-Generation Pardon? X D-Generation X maybe oh. or the Hardy Boys oh and I loved their music oh no the Hardy Boys were great because they had like the hair and they kind of looked like they needed a shower I can remember my brother being a big fan and watching them and me being like would someone cut their hair and give them a good wash <laughs> and that- <laughs> They, they had Lita as their manager, and that just, for me, was awesome. Because she, as a wrestler, was unbelievably good. They were high flyers, you know? Alex, you were going to say something about the, uh, the Bushwhackers, or someone said the, the, the team... Uh, I, I was not going to say anything oh. about the Bushwhackers. Okay, it was Eastfield mentioned that the sound, the... Yeah, so, uh, which of them... Came, no, it wasn't the Bushwhackers, it was... Uh, Degeneration uh, X, yes. Yes, they came out to my generation. Biscuit. And they also, before that, I think they came out to a Who song. Because that was my reference, that I was watching, my brother watching this going, I know the music. And he was like, okay. Stone Cold came out to Limp Biscuit as well. 
Limp Bizkit also did a song for um, The Undertaker for one fight as well, I think. Look, they were a great band. Again, uh, I'm saying enough there. I saw them in Russia, <laughs> in Verona. But um, I, would, I, I would go, the Bushwhackers theme song was awesome. And when they walked out, the whole place lit up. So I'm, I'm going to leave it there and just disgrace myself yet again. I, I did name Se- Steffi Graf as my ultimate pinup. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, Steffi, I actually had her tennis racket. It was a Steffi Graf racket. You've got half of Georgia and Andre Agassi hunting you down now, Alan. I don't care. Bring it on. Bring it on. Have you got a hat with a ponytail? I just start running around and he'll run out of breath like, you know, little short, fat Armenian. It's okay. So, oh, now we've lost Armenia. Oh, no. Let's just piss off the whole Caucasus, why not, you know? Well, anyway, I, to be fair, to be fair, Alan, if you, if you were... Armenia are into the Eurovision. Yeah. Andre actually wouldn't be able to take on prime time. He'd just be down in, he'd be out in the first round. Who, Agassi? And he's, he's done his Agassi, leg as well. if he took on so. prime time, Alan Primetime Moore, you know, you'd do Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Alan Primetime Moore. No, I mean, I, 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 I think that he could probably take me a couple of rounds and in the third round he'd tire and that'd be it. You know, that'd be it. So, uh, what, what, what about, what about Conor McGregor? We know, we know we've had some very harsh words about him, but. If it was in a straight would you, boxing would match. Would you put your money where your mouth is? It was a straight boxing match and... In a boxing match. You could have a pub match. You could have a pub match. I mean, he failed to knock the old guy out in the pub. Surely that would heighten your chances. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't... No, I wouldn't be afraid of him. If, if we did spar and I'd take him a few rounds, I'd be happy enough for it. So. Okay, folks, we're going we're gonna to go away and uh, thank everyone for their time this evening. So going from last to first, Alex B, thank you and take care and uh, hopefully uh, witness protection looks after you until uh, Monday. Yes, I hope so too. Thank you. Isolt, uh, enjoy your birthday party this evening. I'm off to watch uh, Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho from last night. So thank you for my Friday night, Alex. <laughs> uh, uh, Andy, Mac, you look after yourself and take care in the studio. I'll do my best. I certainly will. Certainly okay. will. <laughs> I'm Alan Moore 2.0. Uh, we are back uh, all going well on Monday. So until then, take care of yourselves and each other.